0: The fight might be over, but not the bleeding, on Capitol Hill, that is. The House showed signs of settling down a little bit. It passed a minor bill having to do with cloud computing. With more of what to expect between now and the next recess, we turn to longtime Congress watcher and the Fulcrum editor-in-chief, David Hawkins. And it seems like a smoking battlefield <laughs> after something horrible has happened up there, doesn't it, David?
1: It sure does. The uh, the you know we, we, we talk a lot in Washington about how it's uh, an all-time... And, you know an all-time this or a record that, but this uh, the post-impeachment anger and anxiety is and partisan acrimony is maybe at a new level.
0: Yeah, because I think maybe the peak was when Speaker Pelosi tore up that paper, the uh, speech copy, right afterwards, right behind the president, and that kind of I think that said it all, <laughs> rightly or wrongly.
1: Well, right. I mean, between between the president's uh, between the handshake snub and the ripping up of the paper uh, and then the uh, the back and forth uh, at the National Prayer Breakfast in the White House yesterday. um, Right. It's it's uh, I don't know where we go from here.
0: Any legislative gambits you're following at all?
1: Well, you know, I thought I was going to be following um, a couple of things. Uh, The talk of. There seemed to be a little bit of movement uh, in favor of a bill, to a bipartisan agreement to lower prescription drug prices, um, but the State of the Union suggests that that's not in the offing. The president, the president uh, talked about his ideas for doing that, didn't didn't really uh, reach out to the Democrats who who resorted to standing up and holding three fingers in the air and shouting HR 3, which is their entirely democratic proposal for lowering prescription drug prices. Uh, So it doesn't seem like much prospect for a deal there. Uh, In addition, the president talked in his speech about uh, lowering his sights for a big bipartisan infrastructure deal. It's become a little bit of a joke in Washington that every other week was infrastructure week since the president took office. And at at the time in 2017, it seemed like a president who, who made his money as a developer and a builder, was going to be really eager to cut a bipartisan deal with Congress for a huge multi uh, several hundred billion dollar infrastructure plan. Now he's reduced his sights on that. Uh, so those would have been the two things uh, that I would have thought they might have might have gotten done even in an election year. Doesn't seem like it. Um, who knows? The the, the, the House uh, is away the week of the 17th for President's Day. Maybe they'll maybe maybe cooler heads will prevail and they'll come back after that with uh, some ideas for something to do but we should remember election years are always in uh, presidential election years in the four-year cycle of a presidency presidential election year is always the most fallow time for legislating especially when a president's running for re-election especially when he's running for re-election and the Congress is split
0: and one other gambit I saw come through from a Republican group called the gear a government reform and efficiency subgroup not really, it's more of a caucus than a committee of Republicans, Mm. came up with a multi-hundred-page proposal for reforming the government, and one of them was to get rid of federal annuity pensions and go to a total 401k type thing for the TSP and all. They chose late last week to come out with that, and yet it seems like there's little chance that'll ever make its way into legislation that would have anything from support via the Democrats. So... These gestures. I, think that, I think
1: that's right. I think, well, these are gestures, right? I think um, some people would say, "What, well, you know, why even bother in a year like this?" And you know, I think the answer is, once you've got your your proposal ready, uh, you know, there's no there's no harm in putting it out there and at least allowing people to to pick at it and look at it and consider it. That many many important bills that Congress has done in the you know thirty years I've been watching. Uh, began, you know, in one year with an idea like that, and then the next year it got a hearing, and then the next year it got maybe a vote in a committee, and then in the fourth or fifth year it got to the floor, and maybe in the sixth or seventh year it finally became a bill, so, a law. So it is true that you know advocates, they know this is a from anything that is beyond the most simple thing, uh, it's a multi-year
0: game. We're speaking with David Hawkins, editor in chief of the Fulcrum. And you follow the issue of election security and election fairness. And, of course, elections are not strictly federal affairs. They're not at all federal affairs. They're all local. And then last week we had the really weird occurrences in Iowa. So I imagine that must be heightening concern among all the states and, all, and both parties of golly with this is. major it, it, fall it event. Is. Yeah, what's, what's going on there?
1: So right. So so what we're hearing more and more from sort of the experts, uh, the academic experts and election security people, is that the the fear of hacking uh, is at least as great as the reality of hacking. Now, what happened? You know, what happened in Iowa um, was ultimately uh, that an an app, the Democrats in Iowa commissioned this app. They got it built real quickly. They didn't really test it much, and then they You know, it had to work one and only once and only once uh, and it didn't work. This was not hacking. This was this was bad design, bad deployment uh, and not convincing the people who needed to use it to even use it. There's some evidence that maybe more than half, even three quarters of the precinct judges out there in Iowa just decided not even to use the thing. And then they resorted to the old fashioned telephone and the Iowa Democrats didn't have a big enough phone bank to answer the calls. Um, So. But what all, all that means is that it's given right, it is boosted anxiety. Not, not a lot of Americans are gonna ponder all those details that I just gave you. A lot of them are just gonna say, look, there there you go, the you know, a small state like Iowa, half of a small state, the Democrats can't even run a small election. How am I supposed to believe that my vote's gonna count in the fall? And and that fear, that perception, you know, perception makes reality in some cases. Um, what it also underscores is what the experts have been saying and what the country has been doing since 2016, which is really going more and more uh, towards old school voting, analog voting instead of digital voting. In other words, paper ballots instead of all electronic ballots. So what could have happened in Iowa might have been uh, the better thing, which was for uh, Iowa to conducted selection the way they had been, their primary, the way they had for many cycles, which was the precinct captains picked up the phone and called in the results. Uh, that might not sound entirely secure, but presumably it was more secure than putting a bunch of PIN codes and secret codes uh, out online. What ended up happening is a lot of these judges... Uh, took photographs of their tally sheets which had a bunch of coding on it that a really nefarious actor could have used to hack into the iowa system so what's the lesson for the country uh, is uh, old school is the best school and it does seem as though the little election assistance commission is going to have enough money to at least pour out grants, federal money that they're pouring into the states right now to get them to to buy as much sort of old-school, secure equipment as they can between now and Election Day.
0: I guess this is what happens when you let the millennials take over. Instead of having hanging chads, they have apps that don't work.
1: I guess guess so.
0: (laughs) That old-fashioned methodology that you describe, ward captains calling in results, almost sounds like a scene out of The Last Hurrah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but maybe it
0: works. David Hawkins is editor-in-chief of The Fulcrum. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
1: (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com/podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.